I have known uh, author John Ruane for some time. He is out with his another book, his latest book. I think I've interviewed you, John. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Rick. Good. Thank you. You watching the race or no? Well, no. I just stepped off the ledge because the White Sox had an 8-3 lead. We have known each other for a long time. When did we first meet? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was around 82 or 83. I think that's what you said, right? When you came back to the sports department with Tony Finetti, we were writing that crazy series with her. Oh. And I think that's the first time we met back then, yeah. You you are out now with your... Uh, how do you refer to this? Perish the Thought was a book that you wrote uh, some time ago. Uh, right. I think 2008. And it was stories, very compelling and fun stories about your uh, Catholic childhood on the south south side of Chicago. Uh, is this a, an entirely new thought, Parish the Thought too? Well, let me give you the, I'll tell you the whole story on this. So that, that's what I'd like to hear, August, John. Talking, <laughs> I was sitting with you last August talking about the other book, and we started talking about Parish the Thought. It's kind of nudging me because I've been thinking about the six chapters that had to be taken out of that, out of Parish the Thought, which has always bugged me. And then after talking to you, I talked. Why to were they? Why, why were they? Why were they taken out? Well, For, I was talking to Simon and Schuster back then, and they said it had to be a certain limit. I uh, got gotcha, so Yeah, I had to trim it back. Yeah, so I love those chapters. And uh, so after talking to you and then Glenn Leonard, the fellow named Pat Carroll, that was it. Sealed the deal. I made a commitment, and I wrote the book. So it's a, it's a follow up. It's an extension of Paris the Thoughts. That's why I call it Paris the Thought too. Only in this book. It really focuses more on neighborhood stories, growing up in the neighborhood, which, you know, everybody can relate to, especially in, in Chicago, but around the country as well. And, you know, so I'm writing about things like, you know, I, I don't know, I know you were in the city and everything, but uh, in the summer times, we used to walk behind a mosquito truck with the white fog pouring out or, you know, <laughs> running. And yeah, we did. <laughs> and, and then we uh, we run out for the good humor man to get a Wahoo bar, you know, uh, setting off fireworks. Playing baseball all day long and pick up games and then, you know, organized league. Sitting on the front porch, which was a major form of entertainment back then, just, you know, talking about anything and everything. It was always, always a lot of fun. Well, one of the things. One of the things in in the way, John, and the first book was it too, and it sounds this one is also, is you're writing in a sense about a kind of lost Chicago, aren't you? Well, I, I absolutely, you know, I mean, I really should know this, that when they. When they uh, purchase this book, they're going to be going on a nostalgic trip back to, you know, a typical blue-collar neighborhood on the southwest side of Chicago. So basically, you know, I'm taking readers on a trip back to the 60s and 70s to relive those experiences, which, you know, so many of us have, have been through. So it's, it's a universal experience. They'll be able to strongly relate to it. Um, there are a lot of fun things in there, you know, about stuff like going to the St. Beats dances, which were really exciting back then. And, you know, chasing young love, the camaraderie of good friends. Um, and then I write about the two big events that anybody in the southwest side would always tell you about, and that was the uh, snowstorm of '67 in January that shut the school down for sure, three days. Sure, boy, we had a we had a blast as kids. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then a few months later, that tornado that came through, and my God, I don't know how it missed our neighborhood, but it did. And everybody remembers exactly where they were and exactly what they did. And I. I write about my experience with that, John. I remember. I remember. I remember the first book very well, and I also remember your book about Earl Campbell. And I've just you've been recently on the show writing these uh, these new sort of thriller, thriller, yep, Thr- dangerous freedom and Russian assault. Uh, 
when you write about yourself, John, and I've got to I've got to assume that you did some rewriting on the new additions to to perish the thought too, and it's not perish, it's perish as in perish in which you would grow yeah, up. P A R I S H, the name that you know, Ken Paxson. He's the one who came up with that title. So. Is he really? Oh, he mutu- good. it's good to have mutual friends, John Ruin. It's good to have mutual <laughs> friends. You when when this book was when this when Parish the, the I'm going to call it Parish the original was published. Uh, had you moved into public relations yet, or did you still aspire? Yeah, to- no, I was I was already in public relations by that point. So you know. Uh, the reason that I ended up writing it, which I, I talk about in this book, was because I ended up getting non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2001, and I really didn't know how long I was going to be here. Oh. So I figured if I was going to write that book, I better get to it, and that's literally why I wrote that book. So, Wow. Yeah. There are 32 stories in Parish the Thought too. correct? Correct. That's right, 32. So this first six, I actually did do rewrites on all of them. So, yeah, this, it is a fresh how have you? Let me ask you. That's why I, I haven't read it yet, but he sent it to me. I, and I, I, I ran out of ink in my printer, so I couldn't print it out. But I trust. I know you're. I know you're writing, and I trust your writing. And I'm sure it is is as uh, capable as your previous books. How have you? Have you changed as a writer? You say you know you had non Hodgkin's lymphoma, and so they, the first time you wrote this, there was a certain urgency, I suppose, to to the first book uh how how did you find that your writing has changed because you're writing about yourself uh and that's that's a very intimate form i think of of writing how has it changed john well that's a really good point because in paris the thought and in paris the thought too i write very differently than i do in those thrillers sure it's it's a very different form of writing so it's very personal um, I take the readers right in with me. They're literally standing right next to me as I go through each of these experiences. Um, it's 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 sort of a I don't know how to how to really describe, it except it's just it's a very personal, uh, like almost like writing a letter, uh, just mm-hmm. a personal account mm-hmm. of these different experiences. So the other thing people should know about is they'll they'll read this book in like a day or two days. That's how quickly they'll read it because that's how I write it. I write it in a rhythm where it's easy to read. And, you know, it's it, it's worked out well. Readers love it that way. I get nice uh, remarks back about the way I write it, the style I write it. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> now, talk about the neighborhood in which you grew up. I know it's uh, everything on the south side is a parish, but w- give me the corner where you grew up. I grew up at 84th and Costner, so I'm right near Durkin Park and, you know, a few blocks away from Scottsdale Park. Everything's parks, right, when you grow up in the city. So I grew up with the – everybody was pretty much the same back then. We were all blue-collar kids. You know, our, our dads all worked either for the city or for some production company or something. Everybody worked hard. Nobody had any money. You know, we most so many of the kids went to St. Bede. Some kids went to Stevenson back then. Um, you know, we, we were all hardworking. We, we were – we were given a, a, a work ethic by our parents. You know, and here's the thing we didn't know when we were kids, too, is so many of the dads in our neighborhood were war heroes. These, these were guys yeah. out of World War II. Yeah. War. Never knew it. Never knew it until later. And then you start finding out about it because, you know, you're just a dumb, naive kid walking around. You don't know what to well, but also, you know, but also, I mean, you know, my, my dad was in World War II as well. And, you know, they did not. This was not, you know, dinner table conversation, for God's right. sake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I they're, because they saw many of them, if not all of them, saw certain horrors that were difficult 
difficult to explain to people. What did your parents want from you, John? What were their ambitions okay, for so my you? My dad came over from Ireland, right? And mm-hmm. my mother grew up um, right near, right on the border of New York Park in Chicago. They all they wanted all of us to get a good education and to get good jobs. You know, so that was that's pretty much what everybody in our neighborhood raised. And any boy would tell you that you know their job was to become a professional sports hero, <laughs> <laughs> which for a few few maybe it was. And we all tried, and we all love sports. And to this day, you know, some of the guys I grew up with, you know, they're still playing sports and everything. They love sports so good at it and actually I, i've written about i've written a lot of sports in this book rick so you're going to uh, read stories about some of the baseball teams i played on in when i was young and then yeah, i cover high school and college in this too so i i take you all the way through uh college hockey and college baseball and all of those types of things and you know it's, no uh, nascar no nascar you don't write about nascar did not write about nascar <laughs> it's not the nascar guys no what do you no, think but, of this uh, net well we'll talk later i got a i i uh I'm going to take a little break here and keep John on until 7 o'clock. I want to get more details about about Parish the Thought 2, and that's Parish, P-A-R-I-S-H, the Thought, T-O-O. Easy to find. I found it. On, I found it. Uh, it's available now, is it not, John? It is. It was the front It's a bestseller, believe it or not. So I, I believe, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Uh, we'll talk more with John after a short commercial break. Welcome back. I have a few more minutes with my friend uh, John Ruane, St. Bede's Parish. So you're close to Vito and Nick's, is that right? I am. Yeah, I read about Vito's and Nick's and Auntie's, which is a, another popular place there. <laughs> um, Vito and Nick's is, a, is an establishment. People come back if they even they move out of the you know out of state, they come back for Vito and Nick's. Uh, but, uh, when you when you write your stories, John, especially the stories that. Uh, comprise Parish the Thought 2, P-A-R-I-S-H. And John's name is, John has a nice website, John Ruane, R-U-A-N-E dot net. Uh, you know that friends of yours, you know that people you grew up with, uh, with whom you shared these stories, are going to read these stories. Do you have any kind of uh, governor on your writing? Or do you ever, are you protective of the innocent? Well, the only thing I do is I, I change their names, but okay. you know anybody who grew up then they'll, they'll know who it is. And the other thing I'll you, Rick, um, just on a personal level is sure. I'm very grateful I had the opportunity to write this book because I detail the experience of so many of the people that I have known over the years who have been so good to me. So I, I'm, I'm able to honor them, which makes me feel good to recognize the good things they've done and kind of raise that up. There's just so many good people out there, and it's it's nice to be able to write about them in a book like this. How often do you, you know, still live in the neighborhood, do you? No, no, no! I don't live in the neighborhood anymore. How often do <laughs> I moved you a little bit further south? <laughs> how, how often do you go back? Do you go back? Well, I, I know you have. I, I know you have kids, and I'm sure yeah. you. I'm sure you've taken them back to say, "Hey, this is where your dad did this, and this is where your dad did oh, yeah. this." Oh, they're they're sick of me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> how old are they now? Well, let's see. Thirty-six. Uh, Thirty. Uh, wow. Uh, and then the twins are 27. So, wow. yep. You, yep. you will always be a young man to me, John Ruane. Was, yeah, was, well, was, was reworking these stories, it must have been great fun for you because it, ev- it must evoke such amazing memories for you. It, it is. It's a, it's a fun experience. And, and you know, I, I really enjoyed writing about the people that I have known all these years, not just 
you know, growing up in the, in the uh, Scottsdale Durkin Park, St. Bede's area, but also through high school and college, all my hockey teammates, my baseball teammates, my baseball coach. And here's another thing. For people who feel like they've had a bad experience in high school, right, yeah. write about your high school experience. It'll change your, it might change your view. In my, in my case, I'm going to tell you, I had a lot of good teachers at St. Lawrence, which, you know, just by writing this, a fellow named Jack Lynch, an English teacher, a fellow named uh, Badkey, who was a algebra teacher, great, great teachers, Coach Kavanaugh, uh, Brother Cotter. I mean, just tremendous people. So I, I, I really, I really look at that and say, my God, I had a good experience at St. Lawrence, with one exception, which is in the book too. But yeah, but there's always, there's always, there's always, an, there's always an exception somewhere, John. Uh, t- tell me about. I remember we've talked about it before, but your your first book was uh, the Earl Campbell story, wasn't it? Yeah, I was supposed to write uh, a book with him, and so I spent a lot of time with Earl um, in, in Texas, in Austin, Texas. Got to know him really well. But with Earl, um, he didn't really he didn't really give me a lot of information. So I had to interview everybody he knew in his life to get that book put together. And wow. uh, you know, it turned out good. And the whole idea was to let men know that if Earl Campbell has panic disorder and he can go see a psychiatrist, so can they, because. So many men commit suicide, you know, and if they just go see a psychiatrist, yeah. they will save their Well, you know, of course, there's a, there's a terrible, you know, you know this being in sports, there's terrible stigma attached to, you know, sport. well, sports people don't like to do it. Uh, uh, first responders don't like to do it. They think there's a, there's some kind of stigma attached to it, uh, and there are, there's not. There shouldn't be. Uh, how's your how's your yeah. fiction writing coming, John? You, you know, you came out 2019 with Dangerous Freedom, and a couple of years later with uh, Russian Assault. How's that? How's yeah. that aspect of your career going? Third, third one's next, but I have to get you know done with all of this. I mean, just kind of put a little bit of a pause in between it. But yeah, I'll be going to the third one next for sure. Let me ask you. You talked that. a bit about about uh, you know wanting to do this. Because some of the stories you had, and Simon and Schuster said, "Hey, you've got too many stories here, or something." What, what was the catalyst for for you to sit down and and produce this? Was there a catalyst? Yeah, I mean, really, it started with you, Rick, and then talking to those two other fellows, and that was really that was it. I mean, I, I just I just committed to it, and you know, I think you know, you and I are newspaper men, so yes, you know, when when we're ready to write something, we sit down and we go, right? So uh-huh. I wrote eight to ten hours a day for. Three months straight. Wow! First draft. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. that's that's pretty energetic <laughs> of you, John. Uh, <laughs> talk to me about it. you. You loved the newspaper business, didn't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I did until you know. Obviously, we went through a lot of stuff with the uh, with the strikes and uh. know, ownership changes, which you know that was rotten. But you know, I'm not, I just saw Mark Mantle, and you know, he and I both talk about that how much we loved it. You know. It would be nice to get back into it, but that's not going to happen. So. No, that, that, yeah. no, believe me, that, that is certainly not going to happen. But it was, you know, I think it's good training. I think it was good training for, for both of us, actually. I think it was very good training of how to write and kind of also how to kind of almost look at the world, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And, uh, gosh, you have so many people going through the door, right, Rick, that we end up interviewing back then? Oh. And it's just, it kind of opens your eyes to so many things. I, I look back at all the people I used to interview and write stories about back then. It was, you know, it was exciting. It was fun. 
No question about it. Well, and I think you use you use some of that too, not just in uh, in perish the thought too, uh, but in your other writing as well. I mean, it's an accumulation yeah, of it's an yep. accumulation of all that you know and do. Uh, how do you how do you get inspired for your your continuing series of thrillers, uh, which so well, far which so far have been dangerous freedom. And Russian assault. I, I know that sounds like a stupid question. How do you get your ideas? Well, you know, both of those were tied to specific things. So, a dangerous freedom was was tied to, you know, the the uh, controversy about guns. Right. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah. Russian assault was was literally tied to <laughs> what's going on with the Russians right now. Uh, the third one, I have to really, I have to really do some research to come up with the best uh, peg, the best hook that will um, keep this story going. Although I can tell you, you know, in terms of the character development, um, Dylan Riley is going to change in the third one a bit um, because he's, you know, he's, he's developed so much that it's, it's, he's got to change. He absolutely has to uh, see the downside of things now because he's been through so much. Do you find having lived with uh, Dylan Riley through two books, I, you you must think of him almost as as a friend who's sharing your couch or something, don't you? Yeah, except you know he's um, he's really a um, he's kind of a superhero without being a superhero because he's still he's still a guy, right? Yeah, um, but yeah. he's incredibly he's incredibly uh, gifted and talented and smart and tough and he's a good man. Um, and that's the thing, you know. Now, here's the thing for Chicagoans though: this, these He's a Chicagoan. He's a you know right. I remember a sure. Chicagoan, mm-hmm. and you know he kind of reflects all of us in terms of you know our attitudes and you know how we try to do the right thing, working hard, all the things that make Chicagoans special. Right? That's kind of who Dylan Riley is. So when when you read about him, you're, I think you're reading about you know yourself or about people you know. Well, I That's think, and I think, what the real joy is for him. Well, I think also, and that that goes to your you too, John Ruin, are a diehard Chicagoan, and I think that's that's one of the elements of uh, perish the thought too. That's why I can't wait to read it. I there, the, the book includes some things from the original perish the thought. Yes, it's, it's sort of an expa- uh, no, no. none. I mean, it would have been, but no. But this is this is all new. Everything all is- new original stories. How many stories in this? Thirty-two. Wow. These are all new. Well, so you people, if you can get a copy of it, get Parish the Thought, the original Parish the Thought, and then uh, expand your horizons. That's that's a tremendous amount of work, John Ruane. But you sound you know, like... interesting, Rick, is, is um, this went to number one, a number one new release on Amazon right away, and it's selling like crazy, but Parish the Thought is now selling almost equal to it, which is an amazing thing to watch that happen. Wow. You know, the book that has been sitting there for a while, it's like, boom, here it comes. So that's that's kind of fun as an author to see that kind of thing happen. Well, it, it must tell you, it must tell you that Parrish, the, the original Parrish the Thought had a lot of fans who want more. Are there, John, I hate to put you on the spot like this, uh, is there a Parrish the Thought 3? Oh, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I, I think I think this has to end with, uh, with my college days, and then 
you know, then the line's drawn, Rick, and then I join the Sun Times. So, <laughs> well, there's there's something to be. I think you got a book. You might have a book about the your days in the newspaper. I tell you that those were wild. Generally, you certainly do that. Yeah, you know? generally, you that. generally wild, <laughs> wild days. Uh, John, it's all. What do you think of this uh, NASCAR thing? Might as well ask you. Well, you know, it uh, it's got. It's kind of controversial but it still really didn't work out very well this year it's yeah. just kind of too bad it would have been nice to see if they had run it and see what the reaction is i do you think they'll bring it back next year i think they're contractually obligated to do that i think that's they the are, deal yeah. i think okay. it's a i think so it's a three-year deal yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't well, the well, well it certainly wasn't the showcase for chicago that everybody anticipated it to be but you can't have everything, John Ruane. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, you can go to John's website. You get a bunch of information. It's John, R-U-A-N-E dot net, dot net. John, it's always good to talk to you, and it's always good to read you. And uh, Paris the Thought, too, is on my reading list for this week. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome, John. Anytime. Anytime you know that. Take care.